0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization Show, the home of Googleization Nation, where we talk with HR and business thought leaders about the crazy shift going on in the world of business, technology, and HR. Here's your host, Ira Wolf, and co host, Keith Campagna.
1: Hey, welcome back, Googleization Nation, and all the listeners for Geeks, Geezers, and Googleization. Uh, we continue to hope uh, that you and your teams and families are safe. Uh, we're entering into, I think it's week six, maybe week seven, of our shelter in place, at least in Pennsylvania, where Keith and I are located. I know it uh, varies uh, around the country and different places, but... Uh, uh, a little light at the end of the tunnel—not quite as much as that you might hear on TV—but uh, it's certainly been challenging. Um, I—I've shared this before. It's been crazy busy. Uh, fortunately, uh, I've had uh, my, my clients. Um, there are people hiring for for those of you out there. Uh, there are businesses that are hiring. I don't have it right in front of me, but there was a, a slide that or, or a report that I saw yesterday uh, or over the weekend. Sorry, I was I was uh, preparing for my Sherm Talent. Uh, presentation, which was yesterday, uh, was I was supposed to be in sunny Florida, in Orlando, at Disney, uh, with Mickey and Minnie. Uh, but we're you know instead I'm in Wind Gap, Pennsylvania, uh, and uh, we did everything virtual. Uh, but there was a doing a little research. Uh, there was a, a report that came up, and it showed that no surprise that logistics and warehousing was uh, increased about. Uh, I don't remember the exact number, but let's say 175 percent or 170 percent increase in the number of employees. Uh, even retail was up 14 percent. Of course, that was probably related to e-commerce. Um, there was a couple other industries, and and then um, you know healthcare was about even, uh, but uh, you know certainly staffing, um, hospitality, entertainment uh, were were way way off, and uh, so we were certainly. Uh, uh, hoping for an end of this and a lot of people's lives have been affected uh we hope um yours uh at least you're staying healthy and practicing good physical and social distancing and, and being smart about that uh there are areas that are going to be opening up soon and uh, uh but again hopefully everybody remains cautious and uh we'll get through it and uh, that's what our we've been trying to do on the Geek Skeezers and googleization show the last few weeks is uh, bring you experts <laughs> We've had people on crisis management, reputation management, mindset, uh, mindfulness. uh, You know how we can get through this, and uh, hopefully, we're going to learn a lot of lessons and and change our course uh, going forward. Uh, I've been uh, I've been doing this for for long before uh, the geeks uh, before the COVID. Uh, and, and working from, well, I've been working from home, but for everybody else, all of a sudden it became working from home. Uh, but every day I put up a quote from my book, uh, and I started this, I was going to put up a hundred quotes, uh, that, uh, that seemed to resonate with people. And, uh, this right before the show, this came up and uh, anybody who wants to uh, see these, uh, you can go to my profile on LinkedIn, uh, and Twitter, but also, um, um, well, that's the best way, best way you can get them. So just connect with me on LinkedIn and you'll get them every day. I think they go out about 10 o'clock. Um, but day 83, I'm in the 83rd day of this of 100 quotes. And today's quote was from Deepak Chopra. Uh, it was one of the quotes I included in my book about change. And it says his uh, his message was all great changes are preceded by chaos. Uh, I don't think we could have. I'm I'm not sure he was forecasting that. Uh, Maybe he is about great changes, but uh, the the chaos is certainly amongst us. So, uh, again, that's what we're talking about. And today's guest, uh, we're going to have Brianna Shilko on. Uh, I met Brianna maybe six months ago, five months ago, somewhere around there. Uh, She asked me to be on her podcast, uh, which is called the Not So Millennial podcast. Uh, She is a millennial. But when you hear from her and when I start to engage with her, realize that I—I uh, I, she's obviously a millennial by age. Um, but when you hear the mindset, uh, she certainly isn't what the stereotypical millennial is. Uh, Or or was. And, uh, you know, I've I've I describe myself not only as a millennial trapped in a baby boomer body, but as a recovering millennial basher. And she certainly proves that Um, entrepreneurial go getter, very talented. And we're going to hear from Brianna shortly. Uh, But before we get there, going to bring on Keith. Um, we've been, uh, we actually had a, a good live stream, so this is the second time this week, Keith, we'll be, we'll have a, have a good conversation. Um, what, what else is going on in your world? You know, Ira, um, I love
2: the Deepak Chokra, uh, quote that you brought into the conversation today. Um, I've been having so many different conversations, you know, the, I'm busier than a one-legged man in an ass kicking contest these last couple of weeks. And I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, I was having a conversation with a senior level human resource person uh, inside of a high-end global retail organization. And the thought that came to mind that her and I discussed, and I use it a lot in my presentations, is the phrase, uh, here be dragons, right? And it goes back to when the Vikings were mapping the oceans and whenever they got to a point in the water where they had to turn back towards land, they would put a symbol of a dragon out in the map because they weren't quite sure if there were dragons or not, because they simply hadn't been there, and so we talk a lot about the unknown and how scary it is to not really sure what's around the corner. Um, but I think you know what really comes from being uncertain about what's what's going to happen. Once people get past that like fear, that uncertainty, and that doubt, they they find a better place, and that's the belief system that a lot of companies I'm talking to are starting to move into you know it's a very real challenge to get the economy moving again but the economy will move again and it's interesting to watch the way that leaders inside of sales organizations and the business leaders and the business owners are finding their they're like settling down at least a little bit hopefully we don't get knocked over with another crazy thing that comes Mm -hmm. and we can uh you know get back to what we everyone seems to be considering the new normal
1: well, we're definitely living in an age of uncertainty and, and people are going to have to get comfortable with that. That, um, you know, that was my message from my TED talk, make change work for you and talking about VUCA. Um, we we can't stop volatility, uncertainty, complexity and ambiguity, uh, but there are, you know, ways to, um, to, to at least keep pace with it. I can't say we can get ahead of it, but we can keep pace with it. And, you know, certainly through understanding and helping people understanding different perspectives. And uh, again, I'm not sure we'll ever be totally comfortable with um, you know this kind of accelerating pace and the unknown and the uncertainty, and certainly the scariness of of um, you know of COVID-19 or of an invisible uh, you know of the invisible enemy. But we need to, uh, you know, we we need to move forward. And I think what's lost in this message, and I definitely want to hear from Brianna and and get her take on, uh, from somebody who's in her 20s, what the world looks like, because I'm looking at it from in the 60s, you're in in your 40s, you know, we're bringing together a baby boomer, a Gen X and a millennial, you know, all in one place. Uh, And and so we have different perspectives and different experiences that we can rely on. Uh, But the, you know, the one thing, um, that people tend to lose is there's still a lot of people working, you know, first of all, as, as I, as I opened up, there, there are industries that are hiring and growing and they will continue to do so. Uh, it was interesting off the list that I, I, I didn't go down the whole list, but the industry that was not on the list was technology. They didn't even talk about technology, and that's certainly going to be booming uh, going forward. Uh, it already is. I mean, a lot of these it's there incredible. are certainly there are certainly companies that are are laying off, but there's other ones that are exploding, especially in the in the healthcare and the health sciences. Uh, but uh, you know, uh, again, even th- even things like Zoom, uh, Zoom's not going away. Any any type of communication tool is not going away. Uh, there'll be a lot of new ones. There'll be some that fail fail, but there's there's going to be a lot of uh, innovation and technique. Uh, but even as bad as the stock market is, I mean, it's, you know, it's it certainly lost a tremendous amount of value. People lost, uh, you know, have, have lost a lot of money in there. Uh, but it's not zero. I mean, there are day. I mean, there, there are, as we were talking about last week, there are, there are stocks, some of them might, you know, many of them, most of them I don't own. Uh, but, um, there, there are many, there are many stocks There are many companies just by following that. That are doing pretty well, and that's not when the world, you know. So there is optimism. There's an opportunity out there, and it's a matter of of identifying what those those are. Um, you know, it's going to be tough for a lot of people to hang on. Uh, you know, when you're worried about where their next meal is coming from, or or they have, you know, they're sick, or you know, there's something going that they they need money today. Um, there, there's certainly a crisis going on, so I don't want to make light of that. Um, but on the other side, there, there's a lot of opportunity. So if everybody can kind of hang in there and do the best, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. But life will be different. Uh, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, hang in there and it will go back to the way it was. Uh, we're, you know, as I described to a lot of people, uh, we're, we're all writing a new book. We're already in, uh, but we, we sort of skipped a couple chapters in between, <laughs> you know. So if if we were we were on chapter four, we're now we're going to pick up the story at chapter nine, and, and you know uh, there's, there's going to be a blank spaces in there.
2: And this might, you know, categorize me as one of those overly optimistic kind of people, but I can't wait to read the last chapter. I think that a lot of positive stuff's going to come out of this. I'm hoping that Bill Gates. Uh, decides to get into the political arena here in the United States. Uh, I
1: think one way or the other, he will. I I, I think from... uh, at least from investment or backing or support. Yeah, it's just going to be yeah. fascinating. Yeah. So I, I don't know if there's ever going to be a last chapter. By the way, I think that's what people want to <laughs> know. Like, hey, can you take me to the end and tell me how it's going to turn out? Because I think it's going to be here's the last chapter. Oh no, here's the last chapter. Oh no, here's the last chapter. So, and I think everybody's story is going to be a little bit different. But that that sort of brings us you know up to a great time to bring in Brianna, Brianna Shoko. Um. So Brianna is coming from um, Georgia, state of Georgia. Uh, she's calling in. As I said, I met. At, uh, Brianna just a few months ago uh, and had a great opportunity I, I got to tell you she I-, I had a great conversation with her and you can listen to the podcast and that's on uh, um, uh, on not so millennial podcast which you can get uh, and she in- she interviews a lot of people in fact she interviewed uh, following me I think it was not the direct right after me but one of our guests uh, uh, Sherry Elliott Erie, I remember we talked about the different generations. So, Brianna, uh, I'm going to let you do a little bit of the introduction because you have a social media company, w- which is fitting for a millennial, yeah. I guess. Um, but you're also <laughs> a pretty talented musician. Uh, and COVID interrupted a couple of things. You had a couple of big concerts coming up. And uh, certainly that's um, you know that's gone away. So we want to talk, you know, we, we want to hear your perspective. But welcome to Geeks, Geezers and Googleization.
0: Hey, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, COVID crashed my party in a couple of ways. Um, I am the CEO of Shellco Social Media. I rebranded um just a couple of months ago. I went from B Shellco to Shellco Social Media. And I, I feel like that's easier because the the S's. Do you guys agree? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a lot of S's in there, but that you know the there's alliteration works, right? <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. You know, alliteration was my favorite uh, thing to apply when I was in college lit. But you know, um, the, so co- with COVID nineteen, from a millennials perspective, there were a couple things that were supposed to happen for me immediately and didn't. The first thing I was supposed to get married on March twenty first on three two one zero, and I couldn't. <laughs> they literally. COVID came in, crashed my party and um we've had to postpone until further notice and we have no idea when we're getting married, but venues were working with us over time and you know, vendors have been great. And then, you know, like uh Ira said, I did have a couple concerts happening, um, you know, a couple places, you know, conferences I was supposed to perform that went virtual and and honestly their acts can't go virtual necessarily because it, it wouldn't have made sense because it was more of a pump up the crowd kind of thing while you're there. Um and then on top of that, I had 13 contracts go on hold for social media, which is mind blowing because now is the time. If there was ever That's a time so to be on social media and go virtual, it is now. <laughs> so it's been, it's been really funky, um, really, really funky.
1: Yeah, so that so that brings up sort of this interesting point. It goes back to to you, Keith, and and again, we've got different you know different decades of experiences behind us. Um, what Brianna was just sharing is uh, you know the in the past, the first things to go in every company was advertising and marketing, and yep. training, training and learning. Um, we hoped going into this that that would change. Um, you know, certainly, uh, you know, having a social media strategy, being out there, communicating not only with your consumers, with the community, uh, with your employees. Uh, you know, uh, again, it 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 doesn't have to be you don't have to have an enormous budget. Uh, this isn't like, you know, carving out 60 seconds on media TV uh, to be able to do this. Um, we, we have seen a change a little bit in distance learning. At least that seems to be uh you know people didn't just stop the education completely but um a lot of the training is free is being offered free so i, I don't know what companies have done to their budgets uh but uh, I, in fact we have a new com- we have an new learning program that we just brought online um, at 2,600 courses. I think I mentioned that. Uh, I might have mentioned it last week, too. Uh, so if anybody's interested, let me know. But we have 2,600 different courses. Uh, and we just signed our first client. So there are clients that are are taking advantage of this time not to just keep people busy, but to upgrade the skills because on the other side of this, it's going to be interesting. Uh, but, yeah, that's too bad, uh, Brianna, that, uh, that I, you know I, I would expect maybe a few of them, but not all 13 would have dropped out you
0: know, from that. Yeah. From what I understand, it's more of a fear of budget kind of concern. Um, And and I've even, you know, like many businesses, I've had to kind of shift my model. I usually only take on clients who are um, six to 12 month retainers or longer. Mm -hmm. And that's just simply because you don't see social media progression overnight. You see it over the course of, I mean, the first 90 days, it's just purely testing. And then you go on from there with optimization. But it's been it's been really eye-opening because a lot of these I work primarily with small businesses so it makes sense they've all been hit really hard by uh the COVID-19 and a lot of them are not necessarily um like technology companies or virtual companies where they can take their services online they're more of a brick and mortar and that makes it really hard for them yeah Yeah, if they were there
1: yeah yeah that part's like super super scaring uh, hey, I, so let, me,
2: let me chime in here. I'm kind of curious. What can you maybe give our audience a little bit of a bridge version of what got you to be the 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 super multi? I, I don't want to minimize it by saying you're multitasking, but um, you're doing an awful lot. So what, what's, <laughs> what's it like? How would you describe the path that you've taken to, and what keeps you
1: going forward? And, and what I want to, and that's why Brianna's on the show. I mean, I, it is you know, I, I became, as I said, I became this recovering millennial basher. But when when you talk about, it, it's like, oh, well, how did you know? How do you get millennials to work? How do you get to change that attitude? And I, and you're you know, for the last few minutes, you were listening to Brianna of, I mean, articulate, um, you know, busy. I mean, here has a business um, is a music has two businesses, really. I mean, has, has a personal passion, which is, which is music and then also running a business. So, um, yeah, it's like, what's your path? I mean, um, you know, what, what have you seen? And, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about yourself. So for sure, because Thanks, you, you're, you're not, you are the not so millennial. You're I, I'm saying you are a millennial because that's your age. That's a generation. You can't change that. That's sure. a, for, chronologically. You're there. Uh, but you don't fit the image and there's millions and millions of other millennials like you. It's those other ones that tend to give the bad press. So
0: I love this question. I love this question for so many reasons, because I, I come from a different background from a lot of millennials. And, um, it's not like a whole, like pity me, poor me. I will tell you growing up, my parents were small business owners. They did the very best they could. There was not a lot of money. Um, so when I was seven, there was a pink jacket I really wanted. I had to go buy it <laughs> because my, my my parents didn't have the money or the finances. So my mom said, you know, what is something you can do to make money? And I said, well, I'm really good at making jewelry. So she invested $20 into the Hobby Lobby batch. We went to Hobby Lobby and I created literally paperback books where I taped each br- bracelet, anklet, ring, necklace that I created in there. And I told her to go to her job and, and sell it for me or maybe just open up the door and then I could go and sell it. <laughs> so we did. And I made five hundred dollars that summer.
2: Oh, I love I it. Five
0: hundred dollars. <laughs> and I reinvested it and I bought my jacket because I'm driven by what I want. And I'm driven by also what I never had. So, for example, I'm 26 years old. Growing up, we didn't have a pool. I never even had a yearbook. We just I didn't have it like that. I worked at Arby's from the time I was 15, 17, moved up to Red Lobster, 17 to 18, moved up to um, uh, it was a nationwide trade show um, wholesale position. And I traveled from state to state to state and I was only home. Those
1: darn millennials, they're just sitting on their couch playing video games. (laughs) <laughs> right? uh, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> not, yeah, not hey, well, you know,
1: you're, you're from another it's, it's planet from things. what it from from what all the what, what all my peers tell me about Maloney is you're like come from another planet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. That statement alone has gotten me a lot of opportunities, because if you're just willing to put in a little bit of work, they, the opportunities will come. You just got to be willing to put in the work. And so I'm one of those people where I'm interested in lots of things. So when I was seven, you know, I created a jewelry line. When I was, um, let's see, I recorded my first album when I was ten. Uh, I got signed to my first record label when I was thirteen. Again, when I was sixteen. Again, when I was eighteen. Um, I stopped. I became independent at eighteen. Went on MTV for my own episode, and that was <laughs> pure luck. That was awesome. I'm not going to say like my talent got me there. Cause that was luck pure. works. Was hey,
1: luck works when you get it. That's good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's circumstantial sometimes, but, you know, you take it and you run with it. And I met a lot of producers. I met a lot of uh, amazing people. And from that point, I was able to call myself an MTV pop artist. And then going forward, I released several other albums. And I guess a big part of, like, why I have so many different streams of revenue, and that's really what it is, is that I've, I've worked regular jobs that I've hated. And I mean, like, they have you not to be vulgar by the balls and there's nowhere you can go, and you hate your job, and you hate your boss, and you hate you hate the 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 monotony, and you just want to do more. So that really drives me because I never, ever, ever want to feel like I'm stuck. I want to have 10 streams of revenue, and if this one falls out, I'll replace it later, but at least i got nine other ones to live on. So um, a lot of it is stemmed from not really – I was always taken care of. It was never like that, but I wanted a lot of big things when I was younger that I couldn't have – so when I was 25, you know, I bought my first home. I didn't buy a regular home. I didn't buy a starter home. <laughs> I bought a fully furnished home that was brand new and renovated with a giant pool in the back and a, in a prestigious area. And it was me making a statement like I can do this, you know, and I just sold that house last week. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> so, to top that off. so um, and that was just a year ago. So it was, there's a lot of why I am the way I am. A lot of it's like, I want to do music. That's my heart, right? But then social media is a passion of mine. So I started building up clientele on the agency side. And it was really just me. It, it stems from entrepreneurial, uh, being entrepreneurial. I want to help these other businesses be seen for who they are and what they offer. Because I am my I'm my client's biggest fan. Like, I, I am literally the person rooting you on, on your worst day even though it's just social media is what they say, it's just social media. I am that person who is fueling your online presence and I am fueling you and your energy levels. And that that is why I have such a passion for social media on that side is because a lot of these small businesses are entrepreneurs and they just want to be seen. They just want to be heard. They have a vision, they have a goal. And I want to be the person to help to help put that out there. Just like another side hustle I have is being a wedding DJ. I DJ 20 weddings a year and I maxed out at 20. I'm not doing any more than that. <laughs> but I get to be the at the most important moment of their entire life. I mean, really, aside from having a child, that's like one of the biggest days of their life is getting married. And I get to be there for it. I get to make an impact. And that's why I'm here. And that's why I have so many different streams. It's one for financial security, two, always having a backup plan, and three, getting to be um, an exponential impact in all of these different lives that I touch. So that's a little bit
1: about myself. You, you know, I mean, yeah. And at least again, from one millennial out of 80 million in the U.S., um, you have just shattered every image, every stereotype that there there possibly is uh, about many of them. Um, when you talk, I mean, so you know, are you obviously have friends who are our peers? Um, mm-hmm. Are are they? of a similar nature? I mean, are they as ambitious? Are they as involved with you? Maybe not doing all the things you're doing, but, um, you know, what's, what's the, you know, what's the landscape like standing in your shoes, uh, looking at your generation, your peers?
0: It's there. There's a lot of jealousy where I live. Um, and it's, um, I never assume or take the time out of my day to just like assume someone's jealous of something I have or own or want or am doing or anything like that or talent. But it's unfortunate that I, I really do not. I kind of live like my best friends are in their (laughs) forties, my best, my very best friends. I call them every day. They're in their forties. Some of them in their fifties and sixties. I mean, those are the people I connect most with because they're, they've already lived and I feel like I've already lived, Five lifetimes, six lifetimes. I go to the country three or four times a year just because I want to, because I want a break. And I have ten streams of revenue, so I can. And a lot of people my age are like, you know, they got their their hands crossed and they're like, well, I didn't get to go to Italy this year. What is she doing? You know, what what? Well, I'm working twenty four seven. I'm a twenty four seven agency, but also I have like fifteen other backup plans that I'm putting in the work. So it's it's pretty lonely being twenty six. And being driven the way I'm driven. There's I'm not gonna say I'm the only one. There's definitely like I got to interview amazing millennials, Mark Metry. I think he has like seventy thousand followers on LinkedIn. I just interviewed him on my podcast last week. And Quentin Allens, I think he's up to forty thousand on his LinkedIn, maybe fifty. And these are twenty like Quentin, we're a month, we're we're actually only a couple days apart. Quentin Allen's is twenty six, I'm twenty six, and Mark is twenty-two. And these are like renowned, crazy driven. And I get along with them. We see eye to eye. They actually intimidate me.
1: <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah.
1: so, <laughs> so super.
0: focused.
1: So Brianna, we, we're actually up against a little bit of a break here. So we're going to kind of introduce that. But when we come back, um, you know, just from the entrepreneurial spirit, and you're absolutely right, there are so many uh, millennials that are, have not taken the traditional career path, but they're uh, they are entrepreneurs. Uh, whether it's a startup or whether they're they're freelancing or whether they're 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 thriving in the gig economy, um, th- there there's a lot of people that are doing pretty well, and and there's a lot of lessons to be learned that you could teach uh, some of the older generation. So when we come back, uh, we're going to continue on that theme. And meanwhile, we want to thank everybody who's listening to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization show. We're with our guest, Brianna Shoko uh, from Shoko uh, Social Media Marketing and Management. Uh, And uh, we've been talking about the not-so-millennial-millennial, which is Brianna But also about entrepreneurship and also standing in the shoes of a 26 year old, uh, what the world looks like now and what she thinks it's going to look like. So, we're going to take a short break. We're going to hear from our sponsors, Zor.ai and Success Performance Solutions, who allow us to be here. So, stay right where you are. We'll be right back. Hi, everyone. This is Ira Wolf, author of Recruiting in the Age of Googleization. I'm excited to announce that my online course, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter, is open for business. This course is the culmination of a two-year-long project and releases recruiting tips I've learned after hundreds of hours of research, speaking with thousands of conference attendees, and interviews with dozens of experts. It's all available to you in Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter. To receive more information or get started, visit our website at www.successperformancesolutions.com and click on the tab, Recruitment Marketing for the Accidental Recruiter.
2: Imagine how your company would grow if your candidate experience earned a 99% approval rating. Well, to get to 99%, you need the three best letters in recruitment technology, XOR. Zor's text bots, chat bots, and audio bots increased IKEA's candidate conversion rate 455%. Zor decreases candidate drop-off rates, improves your candidate experience, and collects analytics for future strategies. To learn more, check out Zor.ai. That's r.ai.
1: Hey, welcome back everyone to the Geek Skeezers and Googleization Show. I'm your host, Ira Wolf, and I'm here with my co-host Keith Campagna and our not-so-millennial millennial Brianna Shoko. Got that right this time. Brianna show. Uh, so uh, welcome back, Brianna. Uh, hey, when we left off, um, you were, in fact during the break, you were talking about your 15 revenue streams, which is just incredible. Um, but you obviously have a lot of interested, a lot of interest, a lot of talents, um, very entrepreneurial, a um, lot of lot of strong goals. Uh, doesn't necessarily fit with the stereotypes of millennials. So and, and right before we got off before we took our break, you said that the millennials, uh, you know, many are jealous, uh, you know, that you're doing all these things. And, and so a lot of your friends are a little bit older, uh, you know, uh, in the 30s, 40s, 50s and even 60s. Uh, what from, you know, from all these things going on, your, your, your social media um, sort of crashed that sort of the business, your music business crashed. What do you see coming out of that? Uh, you're a go getter. You've got all these other streams going. What are some opportunities that you're finding out there? Uh, and then we w- I want to come back and talk a little bit about the social media as well.
0: That's a, yes, yeah, that's, that's an amazing question. Um, so someone like me, I'm always thinking about plan A through Z, and I never, ever, ever want to be broke. That's honestly the, the. I've been there, man. It's a good goal. I don't want to be broke again. <laughs> That's the yeah. I don't ever want to be broke, and that's the truth of the matter. You know, everyone can say what they want to say. Maybe they want to have a house. Maybe they want to have a family. I just don't want to be broke. <laughs> so, where I see this going, um, is in a couple different directions. From a millennials perspective, the world is kind of falling, like Chicken Little. Um, the sky is falling. Sky is falling. But it's also an opportunity for me as a leader to employ other people by um, different means. So, for example, I need help when I wedding DJ. I look for other opportunities, uh, even on smaller contracts that are maybe month-to-month basis, because I've had to shift that form of the uh, social media agency side instead of six- to 12-month retainers going more month-to-month and project-based, which is something I was against, but it's actually something I'm learning I really like. Um, it's immediate impact, which I really I enjoy that. So there's another aspect to kind of what I see in the future. So with real estate, it's, you know, I I own a home, I owned a home for exactly 11 months. And um, I bought in an area that I knew was going to skyrocket in property value, no matter what I did, or, you know, didn't do to the house or anything like that. And when I got news that COVID was putting my contract on hold, um, I kind of shifted perspective. And I was like, well, if all of these other revenue streams bottomed out, what could I still do to put money in the bank and, you know, reserve for the future so I can go and do more investing. And that would be to get an immediate chunk of money by flipping and selling my house. So that's what I did just last week. (laughs) And it sold in two days um, cash offer over asking, which was really nice. And that's kind of, to I know I'm kind of going around your question, but that is the future. It's literally pivoting. It's, Right now with the virus and how it's affecting the economy and what it's doing and not doing and the uncertainty that it brings, it's just trying to get that foot above the mark. Uh, let me ever so head flight.
2: Let me jump in here because what I'm hearing absolutely resonates with something I think matters to a lot of people out there. And that's this idea, we talked about it recently, about adaptability, right? And in, in previous podcast sessions, we've had people come on and we've talked about—I've certainly shared my my opinion about millennials in so much as that I don't know of any band of, of people working in the United States that have such an amazing ability to adapt. We talk about the impact that technology has had on their upbringing— And the idea that continuous learning is something that they just assume is always there, versus maybe the boomers who, uh, you know, I'm sure there's a large percentage of baby boomers that grew up as adults thinking that once you get past 30, your brain doesn't learn anymore. Mm -hmm. And they've settled in, and they resist change. Whereas here we go, Brianna's kicking ass and taking names uh, almost at the drop
1: of a hat.
0: It was oh, tough. I'm, it was a tough call. <laughs> you know, I mean, was I so, last month was impossible.
1: So you so you cashed out on the house, um, and you know, where are you going with it? I mean, so you you see opportunities out there. I mean, do you? Do you, from your perspective, not turning this into an investment show, we tried to. I think we went down that path last week. Somebody uh, talked. Yeah. <laughs> a few people talked. Uh, yeah, and and again, just to let everybody know, we're not recommending any of the investments that any that that the three of us are talking <laughs> <No>. about. <laughs> so we don't want to we don't want to cross that line. But where are some opportunities? I mean, you you've got some cash now. Where where would you go with it? W- what opportunities do you see out there? Because every as you said everybody's looking at a the sky is falling and it's so horrible and we, we got to hunker down and, and yet there are other people even like yourself are investing.
0: So, so guess what? That's, that's an incredible question for, for many reasons, because you guys are about to call me a maniac. Um, So that's actually where the 15th stream of revenue came from just last week. Um, So I closed on my house on uh, Monday and it's been an amazing process. It's been a quick process, but it's also the opportunity that's coming from it really shifted my mindset. If you're just open to your circumstances and just pull the trigger every once in a while, sometimes just like the, the, just the bottom falls out of all the opportunities. For example, I sold my house I made that decision like two weeks after I couldn't have my wedding, went on the market, sold in two days. Then I realized quickly how much I love real estate and how much money it brings me. (laughs) So I decided um, I'm going to get my real estate license as my 15th stream of revenue. And I signed up for my courses and I'll be done here in the next four weeks. And I am going to take the money that I made off my house and I'm going to save it for a flip. So I'm going to purchase another 11 months down the road and I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do it again. And I'm going to wait for bottom of the market, and I'm going to sell top of the market, and that is going to be my 15th stream of revenue. And I'm going to learn um, everything I can know about the financial side of uh, real estate, because the best part about this is that real estate's never going away. And I just signed Remax, two locations for, um, for my, on the social media side, and I've been learning how to market them, what they want, brand awareness, all this good stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, what if I just became a niche marketing agency? Like I had a whole subsidiary just for real estate companies. Do you know how many locations there are for real estate brokerages? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: I mean, there's there's a lot. (laughs) So just from selling my house, I figured out I'm going to have a 15 stream. I'm going to sell houses on the side and I'm going to flip homes. I'm going to flip every house I live in for the next four years and I'm going to do it every 11 months.
1: So uh, hopefully your uh, fiance is on board with all this. <laughs> I, I <miss> <laughs> hey, hey, Ira,
2: if he's not, I will, f- I
1: will I, certainly I th-
2: sign up for the role.
1: <laughs> he's eligible, Brianna. <laughs> I am eligible,
2: but I don't know if I, I, don't know. I don't think you want to come down to my level. I'm just an up
1: and coming entrepreneur. <laughs> uh,
0: no, there's room for you. There's room. There's lots of love. Lots of love. <laughs> so-
1: so you, you sort of answered one of my questions is, is you know, looking at social media, because that is one of your one of your many passions and, and it's a vehicle to get you where you want to go. Uh, real estate obviously is uh, an opportunity. You, you said you had these 13 contracts or 15, con- uh, was it 13 contracts and they went yeah, away 13. because they were, they were six to 12 months. And then you realized, Hey, maybe month to month. And you can see that immediate gain. What were some of the, the month to month contracts? What were some of the industries? Because what I'd like to leave people with is some opportunities they may not recognize is where could people use, use you or someone like you, um, to, um, you know, to use social media during this time, uh, even if it's only on a month to month basis.
0: All industries, Ira, all industries need social media right now, especially if they're brick and mortar. Let's say because I was just helping a law firm. They're purely brick and mortar. They have no online presence. They're very old school. And I told them they need to start going virtual. Just take it online, man, because you don't want revenue to stop. And right now, the world is going virtual and they're going on social. And they're going to go check out social before they go check out your, your other stuff, before they drive by your building, before they even put gas in their car, because right now, They're scared to put gas in their car because people are, you know, catching the contagion just by putting their hands on the gas pump. (laughs) So if you're not online where they are comfy on their, you know, on their couches, then you're not getting that. You're not getting the sales. Another thing that I want to emphasize just, you know, because social media strategists all over the world battle with this. It's the ad budget talk. You need one. I don't, I don't care what anyone else says. If, if it's five dollars ten dollars fifteen dollars you know whatever you can scrounge to develop an advertising budget you have to have it because you know social media is pay to play if you want to if you want to come there and compete with your competitors you got to have the budget to do so and that's that's that so every industry like law um, i've been helping real estate companies both individual agents and brokerages uh, fintech firms i think that's think those are the only ones I'm working on right now. But um, I have 13 contracts in many different industries. Another one being um, solar energy, but that's more on a consultation type basis. But it's, it's very cool, but they all need to be on social media like right now.
1: So we have an interesting question that came up from Todd, and and I'd like, you know, I've got my opinion on this, um, but because you're a, a scrapper, I mean, you, you've you done a lot of things since you're uh, 10 years old, I think you said. Um, Todd's question was, in other words, you are saying you need money to make money, uh, and, and I, I, I I would agree at some point you do. But there's a lot of opportunities out there that, uh, that you don't need a lot of money or any money to get started. Uh, would you agree with that, Brianna?
0: That's a tough question. Um, and I'll address you know, Todd directly. In my experience, I've at least had to have $5 in my pocket to make a buck. Okay. And it's just like, for example, um, one of my streams of revenue is painting custom canvases. I have to go buy that canvas and some paints. But then I flipped that canvas, I, I I created a custom piece of artwork, and I sell it for 75 bucks. So minus the five bucks, and you know, the other five bucks for some paints and paintbrushes or whatever, and I made 65. Um, the only and I even started, I, I created masks too. I was making and selling masks, just to kind of help out a little bit. And <laughs> like, I had to go buy the material before I could sell the mask. So it's one of those things where, uh, in my experience, I've always had to have, unless it was music related because I've always had a keyboard in my voice um, or you know if you're writing songs for companies that doesn't necessarily require um, any money in my experience because you got you got pen and paper. but it it does take at least a couple bucks to turn a buck in in my life anyways.
1: Yeah, and and I guess it's it's somewhat tools. I mean, um, you know, and again, I I I, I think you're absolutely right. I mean, you need materials. You know, to do a lot of this, you would need a computer. Um, But I was uh, we were online about two weeks ago, and uh, one of my clients. who happened to contact me as more more as a friend type of thing, but he contacted me and I went up and I don't even know how I got there, but I looked and his wife was an interior designer, obviously not doing any interior design work now, and she took a lot of her leftover fabric and turned that into masks. So she was selling masks. So we bought a few. It and and frankly we could have taken. Fabric or t- towels or, or you know old sheets that we had here and and started to create our own mask, but we didn't want to do it, so we bought them. So uh, you, you're, I, you you need either supplies or you need money to buy those supplies. But it's not like you need ten thousand dollars. You don't no. need thousands of dollars to do this. You, you need something, and there's probably something laying around. And if you do have a computer, since uh, whoever you know, Todd, to, I I don't know where you're located or what your location is, but you obviously have some device. Yeah. Uh, that you're connecting with us uh, live on W4CY, uh, you there, there there's something you can do um, because people don't know how to do it or they're not willing to do it. I mean, there's a lot of things I'm certainly capable of doing and I just don't like doing it. So I hire people to do it. Uh, so there's there's a lot of things out there that can be done.
2: You know, I'll chime yeah. in real quick and, and just remind our listeners to check out some of the previous podcasts we've had because what we're really talking about is the mindset, right? You're either of a, a an abundance mindset or a lacking mindset. And when you ha- when you see things that you want, you either think in terms of how to get it, or you think in terms of why you don't have it. And I would I would stand to 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 say that Brianna sees things, and her mindset isn't "damn, I wish I had it." It's
1: "damn, I wonder how to get it." So it it goes back to something I wrote about this in the book. It's come up a lot recently in a lot of conversations. Uh, in fact, uh, I was on a, uh, a, a webinar with uh, Jason Averbook, uh, who was another guest uh, a couple weeks ago. And they came up and they were trying to, to figure out somebody mentioned about having a growth mindset and they said, is there anybody who can explain it? So I, I kind of went on. But basically, a fixed mindset is what we've learned in school is that you need A's. And, you know, and in fact, even when you select courses, well, don't take that course because it's a tough professor and he may give you a B or a C and that'll ruin your 4.0 average. Um, so there's this fixed mindset is that we need to achieve something, and if anything falls short of that, we're getting, you're, you're a failure. Right, you're, you're not going to be successful. Right. What a growth mindset is there's only opportunity. What it is is every opportunity you have is success. So to to Todd's question, and this is certainly you you exemplify this, Brianna, Brianna, um, you, it, is that instead of saying hey. Uh, we, I need money. I can't do this because I need money, or I need more money, or I need equipment. Is what could I do? How could I make money without money? That's the better way to exactly. ask that. Or how can I make money with a little bit of money? Or what can I, you know, how can I use my computer to make money? And if you type that into to Google, you're going to find a million things. Some of them are a little hoaxy, uh, but there's there there are just endless opportunities. So uh, I thank Todd for the question and uh, thank you, uh, Brianna, for 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 your perspective and Keith as well. Hey, um I, I as we do every week, we tell every one of our guests and I told you Brianna, this is going to go really quick. So we're at we're we're just about uh, at where we need to start wrapping things up. Um you pick one of your 15 businesses or or two if you'd like. Uh how could people get a hold of you? <laughs> um you know how can they reach you? Um, you know, and tell them uh, also about the the podcast because I think it's a it's a great you, you do a great job with that as well.
0: Thank you. Um, if you want to hear um, the Not So Millennial podcast, I'm on Buzzsprout, iTunes, uh, Spotify. I- I'm really everywhere. I think there's like 12 other platforms. Um, so you can just go to Buzzsprout and type in Not So Millennial. There's two dashes in, the, in between there. So Not Dash, So Dash, Millennial uh, podcast. And I should pop up right for you. Um, and then if you want to catch me on the social media side, it's just sheltersocialmedia.com or Brianna at com is the email. Um, and if you want to catch me on the music side, it's com, And um, that's that's a really cool side to catch me on because you get to see it some is. music videos, is. some productions. It, is, your, <laughs> is your
1: one with the plane up there? Is that on there? Is that online yet? Because I know you were recording that, with the plane.
0: <laughs> we were supposed to. That was actually supposed to happen. So I was supposed to get married. Two days later, I was supposed to film my music video. And a week later, I was supposed to be speaking in the Bahamas. Those three things were postponed. So the music video is not happening until about September, but we do have a private jet for it, and that's just one of those growth mindset things that happened. I just happened to know the right person; they just happened to want to sponsor the plane. So it's, (laughs) it's a, you know. But I could have, I could have said, "I'm never getting a plane," because, you know, at one point I did say that when I was young. I was like, "There's (laughs) no way I'm getting a (laughs) private jet."
2: Well, (laughs) (laughs) I hate to be the bear bear of bad news, but you're still young.
0: Well, I mean, like thirteen. I've been doing this for eighteen years on the Uh, music side. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I'm old now. I feel like I'm. I always tell everybody I'm a sixty-eight year old in a twenty-six year old body, which I guess is an advantage.
1: Well, I, and I'm the other way. So I've I've got the 68 year old body, so and and the uh, and the 26 year old mindset. So, right.
0: um,
1: and, and Keith, where are you? I don't know. <laughs> you know, some, I'm everywhere. You're the average. I'm all over. <laughs> you're somewhere stuck in the middle. I hey, hang Bri- out with
2: the young kids and the old.
1: Yeah. So hey, I just want to make sure because I I, I know you you gave a couple different sites. It's uh, Brianna um, with two N's, right? It's B R I A N N A shelko s-h-e-l-k-o so when you, if you just want to type that in it's going to come up in lots of places obviously because she's all over uh, So, Brianna, <laughs> i really appreciate this um i i was great speaking with you again um you you again have shattered every image of what a millennial is uh so the the, the topic the, the title is absolutely appropriate i wish you continued success uh, I, I do hope, uh, you know, everything starts to line up again and, uh, you know, you're, you certainly got your hands full, but, uh, we wish you luck and stay healthy and, uh, hopefully you can get your marriage back, the, the the wedding, not the marriage on track, but the wedding back <laughs> on track, um, and then worry about the marriage. Right. So, uh, Hey, but thanks yeah. very much for being here today. It was, it was, a, it was great. Yeah. Thank you so
2: much
0: for having me. You guys are awesome. Yeah.
1: Congratulations, hey, thanks. It's Brianna.
0: Thank so you. Keith,
1: so uh, again having a great perspective, you know, this is what happens when you you, you bring a baby boomer, a gen x and a millennial into the room. Uh we, we have uh, you know another amazing conversation.
2: You know, and I love the participation from from the questions. You know, we can't always get to all of them, but the idea that there's another perspective out there that could that could help stimulate the conversation and get the creative juices flowing again. I I I just I really do appreciate how it always seems to unfold in under 50 minutes.
1: Yeah. And, and especially in uh, this time, I mean, there's there's you know, certainly a lot of bad news to go around enough uh, you know, for for more than a lifetime. Uh, but there's a lot of good things happening. And, uh, you know, even when people have lost 13 contracts and, and have lost businesses and had to cancel weddings and, um, you know, there, there's still there's still a level of optimism. And I think we we sort of lose that. Um, because all we hear is the bad, bad, bad news, and uh, but so hopefully, uh, so hopefully, hopefully geekskeezers and Googleization is is helping keep everybody uh, uh, thinking forward and uh, exploring some new opportunities. Uh, we are um, again. We're almost at the end of the show. Uh, there's a couple things. Uh, one is uh, as we were talking, I, I had to think that. Uh, I did the Sherm Talent uh, 2020 yesterday, virtual, first time they've done a virtual event. I gotta tell you the participation way, I don't think this is going back to the way it was. The participation in that um, was better than, you know, I've probably done a hundred conferences in the last few years. The participation in that conference was greater than any other ones and maybe all of them combined. Because whether it's people on a chat line or hiding behind that, there was there were better questions, there was more engagement, there was more interaction. Um, so uh, again, a lot of positive things out there. Uh, but uh, you know, a lot of good things. Uh, I've got a bunch of new live streams that are coming out. Uh, we've got one tomorrow. Uh, we're going to be talking about or, you know what's the value of a strategic plan when you keep, when everything's so uncertain. Um, Keith is up online. So you can look at, uh, go to um, best place, easiest place to go is probably my YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash Ira Wolf. Click on live streams uh, and my interview with Keith and about 15 other people over the last few weeks is there. And uh, in the next couple of days, we're going to be adding a few more.
2: Hey, before I forget, can you send me that link so I could... uh... I'm going to yeah. put it on Keith Yeah, I,
1: I thought I did. But uh, if I didn't, I apologize yeah. uh, for everybody who has been on the air today listening to the show. Thanks very much. If you're listening on a podcast, uh, we hope you uh, continue to do that. Subscribe. And we do hope you might leave a review of how we're doing. Uh, we will be back next week uh, with another guest. Uh, next week is Keith Catani. Uh, it should be an exciting week. Uh, we'll, well, you follow me on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter and you'll learn a little bit more about it. Uh, thanks again to Zor.ai and Success Performance Solution for helping us be on the air. So until next week, Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, W4CY.com. Uh, this is Ira Wolf and Keith Compagna. Don't let the shift hit your plans.